this is so helpful for helping you to begin to identify one, what you have control over and what you don't, because again, you can only change the things that you have control over. The things that you don't have control over, you might have to seek outside help for those things. Um, You know, what we're talking about today is just so much of what do you have control over? Hi, I'm Shelby. I'm Macaulay. And I'm Clary, and this is Make Space to Thrive. We're passionate about helping women craft intentional lifestyles that empower them to achieve their most life-giving goals. So grab a cup of coffee and let's dive in. In today's episode, we are going to talk about six tips for getting out of the crazy. We have all had crazy or overwhelming seasons. Sometimes they seem to come out of nowhere and it can be really difficult to even know where to begin. But what we have found is that sometimes the best thing is to go back to the basics and focus on what you can do to relieve the pressure. So the first tip that we want to share with you is focus on sleep water intake, and nourishing foods. And honestly, this one seems strange. You know, we're talking about planning and trying to get our life back in order, but let's think about it. If we're not nourishing our bodies, how can we ask it to do anything? For me, this is just such a huge one to always keep on the forefront of my mind. It's the very first thing to fall through the cracks when life gets busy or when I have a lot of pressing tasks, not to give my body the nourishment that it needs specifically, One thing I like to do is to keep a recipe for like a smoothie or some sort of nourishing drink really accessible. So anytime I'm feeling kind of like I'm slowing down and getting sluggish, I can just go in the kitchen and whip up something to drink so that I'm able to, you know, resume tasks, but at the same time, nourish my body. I mean, and when you think about how important things like sleep are, but a lot of times we will you know, burn the candle at both ends Mm -hmm. and not give ourselves what we are actually needing. Mm -hmm. It's just going to hinder our productivity. Um, I do know that there are seasons for a lot of people. If you're a mama or you just have certain work um, obligations, maybe sleep isn't something you can regulate. So just remembering to help nourish your body even more with more good minerals and, and foods and carbs and things like that, just to really be able to set yourself up for success and give yourself the ability to sustain the things you're going to be asking of your body to do. And when you're making nourishing your body a priority, then this will help you be able to jumpstart into getting out of the crazy because your thoughts are clearer and your body feels more alive and energetic and motivated. And it's just such an important thing. We couldn't leave it out. We wanted to just emphasize how um, vital it is for us to recognize and prioritize our own nutrition, just like we would our kiddos or anything like that. Um, Just knowing that that's literally one of the most important things to do. Yeah. And once you have that foundation done of your self-care, then you can start thinking about the second tip, which is to carve out space each day for quiet. Um, And the goal here is to have a strategy meeting with yourself. Okay. We are trying to get out of the crazy, right? And that is going to take some strategy and you need to make that quiet space to be able to meet with yourself to say, okay, I'm going to collect my thoughts here. I'm going to assess what my situation is, and I'm going to look at what are the things that I can personally do to relieve the pressure in my life. And Making space for this strategy meeting with yourself, this quiet time with your planner is 
It becomes a lot easier when you can be consistent about doing it at the same time every day, whether it's first thing in the morning before the kids wake up or at nap time or um, after they go to bed in the evening. But even if you're in a season of life where trying to find that consistency feels overwhelming and you're like, I, I, everything is just too crazy for me to even anchor a consistent strategy meeting with myself, just look at it, at it as a today thing. I'm going to set a timer for 15 minutes today, sit down with my planner and start to get my thoughts organized and start to uh, sort through my priorities and see what I need to focus on first. Right. And it's so important. Um, that 15 minute idea, it can be so easy to just crave, like, I just need three hours <laughs> to do all of this and then it will be done and things will feel better. And that might, you know, that might be true, but you also likely don't have three hours if you're in a crazy season. So being able to say it can be 15 minutes, it can be 20 minutes. Um, I, my personal favorite time to do this is in the mornings. I've always been a morning person. And so one of my first steps when I am like coming out of a postpartum season or after the holidays or just any time where you've been thrown into a crazy season, I know that if I can start getting up a half hour before my kids wake up, you know, even if I'm so tired, prioritizing that half hour and being able to sit down, you know, figure out what needs to happen today. What is, you know, the most essential things, maybe what are those things that are bugging me, but I can't get to today, but being able to just write them down and recognize it. Um, being able to do that in the morning helps me move throughout my day. And I feel like the chaos that was my brain is just a little bit calmer. You know, not everything is solved, but I've made that first step towards, you know, just being able to approach my day with intention. Yes. And I also love mornings, but I also am familiar with how crazy seasons can be brought on through chronic illness and your sleep being affected and even getting up. 30 minutes before your kids is not possible. And so I've found that just letting go of the perfectionism that I tend to put on myself to say, if I didn't get up early this morning before the kids, then I can't have an intentional day. And then just like letting the day go however it does in a default way, just recognizing that, you know, I will have a second to sit down once I put them down for naps and really prioritizing nap time and quiet time in a crazy day, or if I've got a crazy season, making sure that even if I slept in, I can put the kids down for their naps. I can, again, set my 15-minute timer, sit down with my planner, and just get my thoughts organized, even if it didn't happen in the morning like I would like it to. And for me, I have four kids that are five and under, and so I've had so many seasons of sleepless nights with just newborns or pregnancy insomnia and that sort of thing. Um, and so in our rhythm, my husband actually gets up with the kiddos in the morning, and I use that time to catch up on sleep. So my favorite time to plan or get that you know, 15 minutes of throwing my thoughts on a page and really organizing a few things so I can find a little bit of clarity to work with is in the evening with the baby up all night and things like that. Mornings are just not really in the book <laughs> for me, but the evenings are a perfect time. We have a pretty strict bedtime schedule. And so after we put the kiddos down, I'll sit down on the bed with a warm drink and just flush out some thoughts and spend, you know, 15 minutes getting something together. And then I'm able to actually sleep a lot more soundly because I don't have all of these, you know, lingering tasks and goals just 
looming over my head as, as I'm trying to, you know, fall asleep. I've got a little bit more of a framework to work off of. And then I build onto that a little bit more, you know, mid morning the next day and get a good idea for what I'll do, you know, in that specific day. But I love having a good evening planning, you know, (laughs) moment with myself of being able to really get those thoughts on a page. And I think that's a key is just making this strategy meeting with yourself work for you. Even if it's a minimum of 15 minutes, whether it works in the evening or not. You know, if I were to plan and have my strategy session in the evening, which I've tried to do many times before to set up for a faster morning, I don't sleep that night because I'm thinking about everything that I need to do the next day. But Macaulay's different. It helps her sleep better. And so that is such a key to applying any advice that we share with you guys is to think about, all right, what does this look like with my personality, with my context, with what I'm trying to do, with what my version of crazy looks like right now in order to stay focused on what are the things that I can do to relieve the pressure and make this strategy meeting with yourself make sense for your own life? And this so perfectly takes us to our third tip, which is to get all of the details out of your head. This could also be called do a brain dump. Mm-hmm. Um, because even um, even if you don't have a specific planner or notebook, you can grab any piece of paper and just sit down. And again, in one of those 15-minute sessions, say, write, write down everything you are thinking about. Don't edit anything. This is just for you. No one's looking at this. Get every single thing that you are possibly thinking about that is you know, weighing on your mind that is stressing you out. Um, This is so helpful for helping you to begin to identify one, what you have control over and what you don't, because again, you can only change the things that you have control over. The things that you don't have control over, you might have to seek outside help for those things. Um, You know, what we're talking about today is just so much of what do you have control over, but starting with a brain dump, knowing, okay, here's all the things that I am thinking about. Um, One of the things I find so helpful in crazy seasons is I will find that my thought pattern will really easily go to the nothing is working well narrative. And then I'll have to sort of stop and I'm getting better at this as I have done this a few times and say, okay, that's not actually true. There are some things that are going well. They might just be the really small things. Um, And often the things that are going well, we stop thinking about because they're going well. So in my brain dub, taking a minute to say, what is going well? This is, um, if you are familiar with our planner. This is a lot of where the victories prompt comes in, but I find this to be so encouraging. You can also use a gratitude prompt for the same thing, but just to sort of get your emotions realigned and your brain to recognize there are things that are going well, even in crazy seasons, um, can be so encouraging. So when you've written it all down, just writing it down, you might already intuitively know this is the thing I need to work on. You might Mm -hmm. see that on your brain dump and just go, this is it. This is what I need to work on. This is the biggest stress or whatever that is. You know, whether it's, I mean, it's been so many things for me at different times. It's been, you know, my house is chaotic or I need to do like a very quick declutter or I have got to figure out my kid's toys. You know I mean? It can be simple things like that. So if you intuitively know, then go with it and take action on that thing. But sometimes you need to really look at your list and sort of sort, okay, this is really important. 
um, but it's going to take some time or I need to figure out how to do that. This is something I can take action on immediately. This is just me being a perfectionist and it needs to go away right now. You know, that expectation needs to be checked. Like Mm -hmm. getting it all out of your head helps you to start identify a task list about what you can start making progress on. Okay. So that leads us into our fourth tip. Take action on the next right step before planning more. You can download our taming your to-do list guide for help on figuring out what those next right steps are. But when you've worked through some of the things that Clary has already mentioned, you may have a good idea. I know for me, it's crazy the amount of anxiety that I'll get when I know that there are some large tasks or goals looming over my head, but I know I have my also rhythms for the day and things that have to happen, like you know, cooking dinner and tending to the kids, but also the whole house needs to be decluttered or something that seems really, really large. But when I take a moment to recognize that tension and then I lean into it and use it as motivation, and then I look at the task and kind of break it up a bit and do small to-dos every day. So maybe I need to clean out all the clothes, but I take one chest of drawers and I work on that that day and I'm content with that progress. It's incredible how much you will make progress on all of these larger goals that you feel like are looming over you. And, and for me, I had so many things at the end of the year I just thought I had to do and it just felt so overwhelming and I was filled with anxiety over it. And just by taking those little tasks and to-dos and filling them in the gaps that I saw through the day where they felt appropriate and I wasn't changing my whole lifestyle over it or tossing out things that actually had to be done like dinner on the table, it was crazy for me to wake up, you know, at the, I think I was talking to Shelby about this last week. Most of these large goals are actually tackled and I've actually accomplished so much just by being consistent and doing the do and being content with a little bit of progress every single day. And that's what will help get you out of that crazy season and help you to not feel overwhelmed. It's really incredible to recognize that you've made a lot of progress on these tasks without the emotional energy attached and worrying about it. Instead, just doing the do, setting it aside, continuing with your day, and then repeating that step, you know, the next day, you can make significant progress on those goals. And setting that 15 minute timer, that tip that I said earlier can really help you with this. Depending on your personality, you might use planning and strategy as a crutch that, you know, keeps you procrastinating on actually taking action, or your personality might be to use taking action and getting stuff done as a crutch to keep you from actually stepping back and doing things with intention and you know, implementing strategy and planning it out. And so whichever way that your personality is, that 15 minute timer can help you because you can use it to just say, okay, I'm going to sit down for 15 minutes and use my planner and make sure the next action I take makes sense for my day, makes sense for my week. And then I know what my next right step is and use that 15 minutes to sit down and figure that out with your planner, or you can use that 15 minute timer as a cap on your planning. So you sit down, you're getting your thoughts organized, but once that 15 minute timer goes off, you're going to get up and take action on at least one thing that you wrote down. And you're not going to sit down and use your planner again until you have taken effective action. But I did want to mention that Macaulay talked about how, you know, in this season, she found that she made a lot of progress without, you know, throwing out her lifestyle and she was able to make that incremental change. But tip five is that sometimes 
you might be in a get out of survival mode boot camp with your life. And that accepting that and that you're in that phase of life can be very helpful as well. You just have to assess what season of life are you in? Do you need to stay focused on your rhythms and keeping them consistent? Or do you need to be in a, I'm getting out of survival mode boot camp? So when you take all of these idealistic things and you try to order your day around that and not recognize that you are in the season where you have got to take care of very urgent priorities. You have got to get out of survival mode. Those ideals will keep you in survival mode because you can never measure up to your own standards. And so whenever you throw the idealism out, you accept this is the season of life I'm in. I'm in a get out of survival mode boot camp. Then you can focus on the essentials. And that's the point of get out of survival mode boot camp is to get focused on the essentials, get very organized in the things that are essential in your life and make progress on making those essential things happen without the crazy coming back. That's your goal. So what you want to focus on is getting your biggest pain points resolved. What are those things that are really holding you back in life? And you need to sit down and get very honest with yourself about what those things are. Is it that your house is out of control and you need to get your homemaking, your housekeeping situation figured out and you need to get good solid rhythms around it? Is it that your work life is crazy overwhelming and you have no work-life balance? Um, Is it that your health really needs attention and you need to get professional help, whether it's going to the doctor or getting a therapist? That's a very valid answer to the problem of what is my biggest pain point and what do I need to take responsibility for in order to relieve the pressure. I've been there myself and it is life-changing to just accept, yes, I need help and I'm going to take personal responsibility and go get that help. That can change the game for you. It's okay to drop other rhythms that would be ideal and that you're going to be moving towards in order to focus on the pain points that you have and getting those under control, focusing on the essentials of what needs to happen, accomplishing those things, and in the meanwhile, just staying focused on the must-dos and letting the would-like-to-dos and the ideals go for a season. Even one week devoted to getting a huge project resolved or getting a good habit established is worth it. Macaulay talked about earlier the um, in the first tip, focusing on basic self-care. If you need to spend a few days just focusing on actually eating enough food throughout the day yourself and making sure your kids are getting enough as well, like that is completely okay if that's the season that you're in. And then once you start to feel nourished and the clarity is coming back, the brain fog is lifting, you'll start to go, okay, here's the next pain point I need to work on. Here's the next pain point. But you have to do the basics first, make sure that the essentials are taken care of, and then move to the next biggest pain point. It really helps to ask, what's something that I could do right now that will help me make even more progress next week? So for example, if nourishing yourself will help make the brain fog go away so that you can focus and so that you can know what you need to do next, that might be it. Getting enough sleep might be it. Getting your household rhythms in order. Just remember that there's always something that you can do to relieve the pressure 
in this season of your life and stay focused on what those particular points of personal responsibility are. So this takes us to um, tip number six, which is our last one, and that is to build a morning rhythm. So once you feel a little bit of the pressure lifting because you've done these first five tips, we think that the next best thing you can do is build a morning rhythm because the way that you start your morning can really dictate how the rest of your day goes. Now, right off the bat, (laughs) this is not about when your morning starts. You know, as we have said throughout this, um, you might be in a season where you have to prioritize every little bit of sleep that you can get. So whether you are starting your morning at 6 a.m. or 8 a.m., having a rhythm that helps you immediately begin with intention so that you don't, you know, jump on your phone first thing in the morning or get distracted by the most urgent task that pops in your mind um, so that you're not living by default, but you really are able to capture that intention first thing in the morning. I think most of us know that um, it is a lot easier to have an intentional afternoon after an intentional morning. Mm -hmm. And it is a lot harder to turn around a bad day. Um, (laughs) And so that's why we are going to end with building a solid morning rhythm, a solid but flexible morning rhythm. Um, And this doesn't have to be extensive. It's just asking yourself, again, this is going to be personal, but what do I need to do to set up the morning well? So some questions for kind of getting you started on your morning rhythm can be what has to happen before noon um, so that I can have a good day, you know, with my kids or a good day at work, you know, depending on your situation. Um, and then you can even back that up. Like what has to happen before nine or before 10, you know, again, depending on when you kind of start your day, we're actually going to be doing an entire episode on how to craft a morning and evening rhythm later in the season. So stay tuned for a really extensive extensive walkthrough, but just start by asking yourself those simple questions. Like, do I need to get up and, um, you know, make that nourishing drink or, you know, make sure that I have breakfast ready to go for me and the kiddos, get that settled and read my Bible or turn on, you know, an audio Bible that we all listen to together. Um, do my kids need snuggles first thing in the morning to kind of set up the day well, so that then I can tackle that next right step. Or do my kids play pretty independently in the morning and and I can tackle that next right step and then move into doing things with them. So again, there can be a lot of different ways that this can go, but you're just asking yourself what things need to happen so that we can um, you know, move through the rest of our day with intention. Because once you have that solid morning rhythm, there's always flexibility. So you're not holding yourself again to some ideal standard. It's more just setting yourself up so that you can immediately move into these habits that will give you that intentional start for the rest of your day. And when you're trying to, Clary, get into uh, a stronger season where you're being more intentional, what do you do, just as one tip for your morning rhythm, that helps you to feel like you're moving more into an intentional lifestyle. So kind of like we, um, like I said at the beginning, um, I always know that I'm like starting to take control of the crazy when I can get up 30 minutes before my kids. Um, so my kids normally wake up at seven. So that means I get up, you know, if I can get in one cup of coffee and I can do a little bit of reading and then sort my to-do list, you know, that that takes about 30 minutes. And then they walk out of the room and I actually, you know, I'm not like bleary eyed. <laughs> I can kind of <laughs> greet them with a smile. Then that tends to start our day well. Um, and then I sort of know, okay, breakfast. Um, one of the things that my husband and I realized that we had to build into our rhythm this year was just 
really simple breakfasts. We were sort of doing this like, you know, you want this, you want this. And we just had to be like, this is not working. We're all eating one thing for breakfast. And that like simple change just set our mornings up to where we weren't trying to fix three different breakfasts, uh, but everyone's having bagels. Everyone's having oatmeal. You know, it's like, it just makes it a lot simpler. And then the way that our morning rhythm is that right after breakfast, um, we do something um, as a family. So some days my husband works from home and he will hang out with the boys while I go, you know, do whatever I need to do. And then if he's gone, I do that time with the boys and I have to get dressed later, which honestly is not my favorite. I like getting dressed very early in the morning, but I realized that in order to have a good day, I had to spend that quality time with my kids first thing in the morning. And so I had to just be okay with like, I might not get dressed until later in the day. And that's not my ideal, but that is actually you know, sacrificing that ideal so that we have a good morning is what needed to happen. And so that has actually helped a ton with just, you know, my kids feel loved on. And then later I can, you know, take that time to go get dressed and they don't feel starved of my intention. I love that so much. And when I'm trying to move into a more intentional life-giving lifestyle and get out of crazy seasons with my chronic illness. That's usually what brings on the crazy seasons. And sometimes, you know, I have to balance in my mornings, say, do I need to get plenty of sleep in this season in order to get past this flare up? Or do I need to uh, make a lot of progress on the biggest pain points in my life right now? And I always have to kind of find that balance and that determines what my mornings look like. But on whenever I know that making progress on the biggest pain points in our life, when I know that's what I need to focus on, getting up an hour or two before the kids is a key for me. If I can do that and I can make progress on that biggest pain point, Some seasons it's been decluttering the house. In some seasons, it has been getting ahead of my work schedule. Whatever that looks like in that season, that biggest pain point that's creating so much tension, if I can get up and I can make big progress on that thing, then by the time the kids wake up, I've got all of this positive energy from feeling so accomplished on the biggest pain point in our life. I know I can say, okay, the kids are awake. I need to set that aside now. I'll tackle it again tomorrow morning. And then I can completely roll into having a strong day with them. And having just that one tip of knowing that I can use my morning you know, one to two hours before the kids wake up to make significant progress has been a key for me up leveling to the next season of being more and more intentional with the personal responsibility that I have access to. And this is where it's so interesting because you really have to know your personality and try a few things to figure out what fits for you because I'm the exact opposite. Everybody here knows I'm not a morning person and we joke about it all the time. Um, but my husband actually gets up first thing with the kiddos. So I'm never greeted with them without being able to take a few minutes first, but the key to success for my morning rhythm is having it to be something that I just do subconsciously. So, you know, first is breakfast and coffee, and then I automatically jump into a quick clean and spruce up the kitchen and start a load of laundry and get the kids' toys cleaned up, or I go help them clean their room and just do all of these small tasks that set up the day for success, but they're kind of something I don't have to put a lot of mental energy in at all. It's just, 
you know, it's something that comes second nature to me and I just roll through this rhythm. And then by the time 10 or 11 rolls around, we're all dressed, the house is looking, you know, put together again after the whole morning hustle. Then I'm able to really connect with the kids and do it solidly. And we do morning basket and I'm there and present with them. And sometimes we'll do stretching and, and exercise videos or take a walk outside. And it's just so much more of me being intentional in this way where I know if I were to try to do that first thing in the morning and connect with them like right off the bat, I wouldn't be giving them my 100%. I would just be trying to rush through it so that I can, you know, take my calm time. But just knowing myself and taking a little bit of a breather first, which is very similar to what y'all said. Y'all just do it before the kiddos wake up. Our, our house dynamics are just slightly different. But it is very important for me to have a rhythm that I don't have to think about that gets me set up for the day. And then by the time, you know, 11 or 12 rolls around, kids are playing independently and I'm able to start putting a lot of you know, mental energy into my plans for the day and what I can do to really move the needle forward on the goals in my life or see what tasks actually have to be accomplished before the you know day's up. If you work through these six tips for getting out of the crazy and you just stay focused on those small things that are within your control, you can leave the results up to God. We're just called to small faithfulness, and we can know that He has all those larger circumstances that feel so crazy to you right now. He is God. He sees you. He is in control. You can leave the results of your small faithfulness up to Him. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And don't forget that our Taming the To-Do List guide is free for you. Just check for the coupon code in our show notes and go and get it off our website today. 